Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Our second scripture lesson this morning, which comes to us from the New Testament, from the book of James, chapter 1, verse 17 to 27, and you, of course, are invited to follow along in your pew Bible or on the slide if you're watching virtually or in the bulletin. Let us listen now to God's holy word. Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the God of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of God's own purpose, God gave us birth by the word of truth so that we, could, that we would become a kind of first fruits of God's creatures. You must understand this, my beloved, that everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness and become with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and on going away immediately forget what they look like. But those who look into the perfect law the law of liberty, and and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongues, but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the word. World. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A few years back, I had the opportunity to talk with a group of high school students. And this conversation was about what faith looked like in their lives. I enjoy talking with high school students, as rambunctious as they can be sometimes, because I find that there is honesty or authenticity in the moments where they are really reflective. And so for this discussion about faith, I didn't want to pick a topic for discussion. I didn't want it to be a, a lecture at them. I wanted them to have some stake in what we talked about. So I asked them to submit questions anonymously so that they didn't feel there was any need to hold back uh, as to what they may have lingering 
in their minds. And many of the questions that these students raised, the questions that they turned in, actually go along this main idea that's presented in our passage for today. Many of the students asked questions such as, well, do I need religion? Fair question. Some students asked, why bother when no one cares about the people would have that? Why bother when no one cares about the people Jesus would have looked out for? Another good question. Some students asked, aren't we just being hypocrites if we show up to church on Sunday, but act however we want to for the rest of the week? Another good question. All great questions from young people who were asking themselves what it meant to live a life of faith and incorporate it into their daily lives. Making observations, of course, from the people who they see around them, how they act, how they talk. Great questions. Questions and observations from their end that highlighted this gap that appears. This gap between the idea or what we think of in terms of what we know about God or think about religion, and then the practical application of that knowledge in our daily lives. I wonder if any of the questions that these high school students asked are questions you have thought of at some point in your life, and if they resonate with you in some way. I know for me they have. I think they're questions that we all ask ourselves at some point. But if they don't resonate with you yet, I think the larger question that they inspire is something we can relate to as we see it in our passage for today. A question that inspires us to move forward. That question is whether or not we can recognize the gap between our knowledge of God through faith, religion, whatever you want to use for a terminology, and the praxis by which we live out this godly wisdom in our lives. Can we recognize that? Is there a gap? Do you think there's a gap? I don't know. This chasm, though, this gap between our knowledge and practice is bridged, though, when we allow the wisdom of God to take root. When we allow the wisdom of God to seep deep within our hearts and take root. The wisdom and knowledge of God. But as we know from our reading for today, it's just not enough that we allow the wisdom, the knowledge of God to take root in our hearts. That's maybe part one of it. Part two is that we actually have to allow it then to change our lives. We have to allow whatever wisdom or knowledge of God that we have embraced to make a visible change in our lives. It should break through whatever mundane motions we go through to show us that there is another way that we can live. That what we thought 
was freedom might not actually be true freedom. It's wisdom that reveals that freedom does not lie within our self-perceived versions of reality where sin and greed thrive and make us think that that's what it means to be free. But it is what shows us that true liberty that we are yearning for lies in the transformative power of God's love. The realization that belief or faith, religion, again, whatever term you want to fill in there, the realization that it cannot exist within its own bubble is at the heart of our reading for today. It's what is at the heart of many young people's questions as well, where they see that there is this disconnect by what we talk about here on Sunday morning and what we actually put into practice. Because as we know, true religion, as James puts it, requires not just words, but action. Words alone are not enough. If we want to practice true faith according to James, we must be willing to go out and put a little skin in the game, to risk something in order to care for the widows, the orphans, the strangers, the refugees, the lonely, the brokenhearted, and even the care for ourselves as people who are created in the image of God, the image of the divine. Casting off, as James would almost have us say, casting off this shadow then, or casting off the things that keep us back from living out a true faith, a true religion, and embracing the liberty of God's love is what lies at the core of the gospel. It's funny that this morning we talk about works this way. And I should be clear that the kind of works that we are talking about this morning in our reading from James does not mean that we have to tally up our works and that determines whether or not we get salvation. <laughs> But it's because of the knowledge we possess, the gift of love we have possessed, that is what spurs us on to do these kind of hands and feet works, these ministries of Jesus Christ. Words are not enough. And unfortunately, Sunday worship, as fulfilling as it can be, is not enough. If we want to grow, if we want to really understand what it means to be disciples of Christ, we must move in a direction that inspires us to take action, that inspires us to create within our community here and broader community a more inclusive view of our life together which does indeed require some work. I think of this gap almost between our knowledge of God and the practice of what we read in Scripture. I sometimes think of this gap through a nostalgic lens, and I worry that at some point this analogy will not work because there'll be too many 
Gen Z folks out there who don't know what uh, I'm talking about. <laughs> but I sometimes think of this gap through the nostalgic lens of those disposable cameras. You remember disposable cameras? That I would take with me on family trips or school outings. They were by no mean good cameras. <laughs> they were not good cameras. It was just something fun. You could point and shoot, take a picture. There were no rule of thirds observed. There was no composition. There was no concern for lighting or anything else. Through a child's eye, you point, shot, took your picture, waited seven to 10 days to get it back and realize these are not great pictures. <laughs> That's one starting point. Today, I think I put a little more thought into the pictures that I take. I'm still by no means an expert. I still don't understand the rule of thirds or how you do X, Y, and Z. But I put a little more thought into the pictures that I take, minus pictures of animals. Anything goes out the window with animal pictures. Love them. But I find that paying a little more attention to what skills I picked up by experimenting or trying to be more conscious of the pictures I take makes it a more enjoyable experience. That the pictures I take then and can look at later mean a little more than those haphazard pictures I shot as a child. There was a natural evolution in that growth. And this evolution sort of of growth in terms of, of a photographic journey is really similar to how we bridge the gap or grow in what we hear this morning in our reading from James. That we can start off at point A with knowledge of God, but if we want to get to the very end goal, which is to live out our faith actively in our lives, in our community, to get to that end point, it takes some work. It takes some experimenting to get to that end goal of what James is highlighting for us today. Otherwise, if we just stick with that disposable camera, similar to what James talks about, just, well, we just look in a mirror, or we just refuse to hear actually what is being preached by Jesus Christ. We've talked about this before, what it means to grow in our life of faith as individuals and as a community. We've talked about the importance of being able to cast off any kind of foul or bitter speech. We've talked about what it means to open our hearts to love. And as Presbyterians, friends, we are very good at learning, <laughs> at listening, we aren't always the best at taking action, though. Perhaps that's the challenge for us this day, is to consider the ways in which we can be more proactive neighbors, the ways in which we can be a more proactive church in addressing the end goal of true religion, as James encourages us this day. I think the great thing about that is as we move towards this end goal, there's no hidden secret. 
It doesn't require you to get one of those decoder rings that came in those cereal boxes. I'm, that's not, that's even before my time, so I, you know, I got <laughs> It doesn't require a decoder ring, though, or any kind of secret things. Because as we hear in the very opening words of our reading, God has given to us every generous act of giving with every perfect gift that is from above. Friends, we have the tools. They are right here with us, and they are inside each and every one of you. Some we know have the gift of being great handy people, and I don't know what we would do without them. Some of us have the gift of music. Some of us have a gift of empathy or organization. You can run through the lists of spiritual gifts that each and every one of you possess. So there's no secret to decoding our work, our life together. It's right there in the things that God has shown to us. So let us be bold. Let us be brave together. As we discern what it means for us to be a people who live out this calling James has placed on our lives or reminds us of the calling that Christ has put on our lives. As we seek to grow not only as individuals, but as a community. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.